Welcome to the Monster RX 93.1 podcast channel. Interviews, features, music, live performances, fun and conversation only from Manila's hottest, Monster RX 93.1. Is it showbiz? Is it gossip? It's more. It's all out. All out. With Rico and Carla. Monster RX. We're live on Facebook. Hey, and we're live on the radio as well over Monster RX931. Ladies and gentlemen, the guests that we got today. We're going to go global, Carla. From Manila, from San Juan, we're going to fly to Toronto, Canada. Where a Filipino is actually making waves when it comes to beats and music. And he's doing a one hell of a great, great job. Ladies and gentlemen, give it up. Live from Toronto, Canada, the one and only August Rico. Hey! Hi, August. Hello. Hi. How's everybody doing? Oh, we're good. We're we're on season God knows what of our lockdown. How wow. are you over there in Canada? What's the situation like there? Um, it's it's not bad. It hasn't been it's not crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, everybody here is very passive, you know, everybody's um really kind of just obeying the kind of social distancing uh guidelines of of sort. So, I mean, we haven't, I mean, I haven't really been anywhere other than here in the grocery store and the dollar store. Those have, that's become, <laughs> like, Walmart has become our, like, you know, weekly, weekly outlet, you know, so. But aside from that, um, yeah, I've just been here, been in, I'm, I'm here most of the time in the studio just working and writing and producing and, you know, figuring out what's the next step in life. Yeah, I mean, I think that everybody's on that wave of trying to figure out what to do next. But it's good yeah. to know that yeah. you're not hoarding any food because you're at the grocery store every week. Oh, yeah, every week, every week. Because, you know, it's it's a weird thing. The, this is what I've been telling a lot of my friends um, about the situation. I feel like the world is revolving around me right now. And mm-hmm. I don't. I, there's a lot of people that are, you know, that have more like a lot of unfortunate situations because of this but for me this has allowed me a lot of time with my family you know cooking breakfast lunch and dinner together mm-hmm. um spending i have a newborn so i've been spending a lot of time with her and then um on on a professional note i'm all aside from the the major label um records that i do i also run an indie label and part of my roster is myself so this has allowed me some time to be very selfish with my with my music mm-hmm. and do more for myself and for everybody out there who's on that independent grind it's like you got to think about it like everybody right now is in the same position mm-hmm. you know everybody's kind of is at zero now when the world starts to pick up again everybody obviously will get back into their own thing but in the meantime, while we're here and while we while we have this time, you got to figure out what you can do to kind of inch forward and you know kind of climb that ladder while everybody's kind of at a standstill. Mm-hmm. So for me, that's just making as much music as possible. So I'm here. You know the tricky the tricky part there, music. August, is that you're a producer for a lot of people. Now, how do uh, you save your own beats for your own kind of flavor? If everybody's yeah. calling you up, you're August. So here's, I've, I've been doing a lot of live streams, and I, I'm a big advocate of, 
um, like showing my process and telling the stories that I've, you know, that I've been able to experience over the last you know, 10, 15 years of my life. <laughs> and that's one of the questions that I get all the time. And, you know, there is, for, for me, I don't know how it goes for everybody else, but for me, there is, there's two, there's two sides of the coin. The artist side is, you know, is a very huge, it's a huge, it's a huge passion. It drives my whole creative process. Mm -hmm. And then there's a business side, a monetary value to all these songs. Now, when I, when I did the Justin Bieber, the, my original Justin Bieber records mm -hmm. back in 2010, 2011, I could have been like, yo, these are my songs. I'm keeping these and nobody's touching them. And I may have still been stuck in, well, I'm in the basement again, but, you know, I may never have seen the light of day as, as a songwriter, as an artist, as a musician, because I held those, I held those too close. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you've got to kind of pick your battles with those things. Now, if like, mm -hmm. if a Justin Bieber is going to sing this song and, you know, the whole, the goal of writing this music is for the world to see, there's a platform there ready and waiting to expose you know your music mm. so I, I do look at it like that then there's a side of me that if i really love a song like i have like i'll tell you why I'm, i've been working on an album i have six or seven songs that nobody's ever heard yet mm -hmm. um close friends if i just if i don't want if i don't want to have that um that internal battle of should i give it to this person or should i not i just don't play it for anybody mm -hmm. I just, I never play, it doesn't leave my laptop or it sits, sits on my phone and I don't play it for anybody until it comes out. And then I don't have to, I don't have to argue with myself, well, sh I, 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 I can make <laughs> money with this, I can do this. Because for all intents and purposes, I'm not a famous artist. I'm a very well-known songwriter slash producer, but mm -hmm. on an artist note, I'm still in the same boat as a lot of these other independent artists and I'm in the grind. Um, but that's my passion and that's you know at the end of the day that's what like what i said that drives my creative process so um yeah there's there is that battle but at the same time you know the problem with the whole thing is that the ones that i love mm -hmm. somebody else is gonna love too right and they're gonna so, offer you yeah. a fat check so how do you turn that down I mean, <laughs> and here's the other thing as a songwriter you don't even get that check up front you know they don't pay songwriters the same way they you know I, I, that the same way that i get paid if i'm on the producer side of things especially in the north american industry mm. so um yeah it's tough but some songs sometimes you write something and, and it, it sticks to you and there's ones that you know you you're just willing to give up mm -hmm. and you know they're they're all my babies i love i love every song i do but you know, it's kind of a bridge you cross when you get, when you get there, and um, a lot of the times that that you know that check wins out. Mm -hmm. To be totally honest, right? <laughs> yeah, it's it's about being practical as well. I mean, right. first of all, congratulations! You've got a newborn. Yay. That's amazing. Oh, thank you, thank uh, you. Yeah. A baby is always such a blessing, and I yeah. mean, you know, you have to look at it both from like a creative perspective and of course a practical one because right. as much as it is you know the grind and the passion you also have to as they say put food on the table and stuff like that mm -hmm. right but it's so interesting for you to say that even there songwriters don't necessarily get as much as let's say producers or artists because it really is different i mean it's one industry but it's very different in all all different parts of the world yeah it's it, it is like um it's 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 very different in like 
different parts of America. Like if you're in Nashville, for example, the songwriter is the is the pinnacle of that creative process, and the producers more more than not are like hired guns, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but in like mainstream pop music, urban hip hop. Like the producer is the producer is the one that really gets paid. They get paid that royalty. Mm-hmm. They get paid that you know that advance. And the songwriter is kind of relegated to um, wait for the back end, which is which usually means you know record sales and royalties. And then usually, if you're like a working song songwriter like myself, you're you're living basically off your advance unless you're. Like I do a lot of things. I engineer. I mix. I write and produce. Um, but I didn't really want to do all this stuff. But as a byproduct of like, you know, your money runs out sometimes. Mm-hmm. So you have to mm-hmm. find different ways to make money. And mm-hmm. also, you, you know, I don't really like anything other than music. Like this is, this is. This is I've life. Built my whole, life for you. I built my whole, yeah. I built my whole life to be able to do something I love, so it doesn't feel like work. Mm-hmm. So you know, August, I mean, with everything that's been happening, you have, you know, we'll, you know, get to unveil the whole Justin Bieber, You Smile track. But how did you get started in all of this? How did it all begin um, for you? Okay. Yeah, if, because if you wanna, for those that don't know, you're Filipino. I'm Filipino. Right? Are you born? Were you was, born in the Philippines? No, I was born, born in Canada. Here. Tell us your whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so I was born here, born and raised in Toronto. Um, but very, admittedly, very, very Filipino. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, <laughs> weirdly enough, when I was when I was eight, um, we had family come and move from the Philippines to Canada, and my parents. My job was you're going to teach them English, and I was like, yeah, I got it, no problem. Um, when they <laughs> when they came, I immediately um, started speaking Tagalog. My whole family didn't know that I knew how to speak Tagalog, mm-hmm. but um, all my life, they spoke to me in Tagalog, and it just kind of like I guess through osmosis, I was able to, you know, kind of grasp the language. So I can still, I'm still relatively fluent. Like when I get to the Philippines, my my Tagalog gets better, but right now it's like a little baloktot. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, but uh, yeah. So, anyways, so from the beginning, if I'm to track it back all the way to the early days. Um, what got me into music was uh, karaoke. Mm-hmm. Karaoke. It, oh my god, that is so Filipino. It, it is. <laughs> it is. But yeah, karaoke. I was um, I was that kid. Um, my parent, my mom, my and my mom and her sisters. They all loved karaoke. My grandfather, um, my grandmother. So they were, you know, they do it at parties while they were playing mahjong or whatever. Mm-hmm. And. Um, and that's that was my that was my entry point. So now they had this like I was like four or five, and they had this four year five year old that wanted to sing. So now my job was to sing at parties, and then literally the first uh, few songs I learned how to sing were uh, "Dina Natuto" uh, by Gary Valenciano and um, "Sana Maulit Muli." Those were the two. Those are my two go to yeah, performing songs. Okay. Aside from a little bit of Journey and like Air Supply um, and, and the Bangles, um, you know, those are my, and Unchained Melody, those are my karaoke kind of go-to. So that's how it started. Um, I went to a performing arts high school here in Toronto and I studied opera and classical music. 
Mm-hmm. So wow. all through high, all through high school, I was a I was a choir boy. Um, we did we were an amazing choir. Like I had an amazing teacher. Um, her name was Gloria Gossi, um, who went on to Western. But we toured. You know, we toured all over Canada. We toured London. We did all types of concerts. And I was I was supposed to go to university for opera, but mm-hmm. I just couldn't take. I wanted to be like a pop star. I wanted to be an R and B singer. I had a I had. I had a Filipino singing group here mm-hmm. um, in well in high school, and um, so after high school, I I opted out of going to university for opera and I went to college for jazz. So I took vocal jazz for a year. Mm-hmm. That was uh-huh. a, that was a bust. I dropped out because I hated it. <laughs> um, took a year off. Uh, you know, worked some odd jobs, and then I went back to school for sound engineering and production, which was the best thing I ever did because I I learned you know the ins and outs of a recording studio, um, and just the process of what I do every day now, how to record, how to how to mix, how to produce, you know, all those steps. And then after I left, after I got out of that school, which I was. Humbly kicked out of. <laughs> um, it was it, it wasn't my fault, but I I got an uh-huh. intern I got an internship while I was at the school. Mm. So instead of going to class, I would just go to the internship because it was mm. it was better. I was in I was like in a full recording studio working on music, and I didn't you know. So I, anyways, I got kicked out. Long story short, uh-huh. um, <laughs> and then after that. Really, if if I'm just delving just a just a tad bit, I I got a job. So mm-hmm. I I got a job being um, a coffee guy at an office. Mm-hmm. I started like just bringing coffee to people, and then oh my um, gosh. yeah, I'm pretty quick on my feet in terms of like simple math. So I ended up getting a job in the service department of this water filtration company, mm-hmm. and then in six months, I ended up being the national service manager. Oh! So I was like, yeah, it was a crazy. It was like six months, and I was an executive. I was kind of an executive, like I had an office and a parking space, and you know, it was. It's what you would. It's what you would want for your kid, like in especially in your early twenties. Like I was making decent amount of money. I was helping out with the mortgage. You know, it was cool. So, um, mm-hmm. but you know that not the novelty of of getting a regular paycheck for me wore out wore out really fast. And um, yeah, I was I just was in a place where I was like, I don't I don't know if this is this is for me. So, mm-hmm. you know, me and my parents are really close. So I spoke to my parents. I said, Look, I know this is I know this is a good thing for me, and it's good for the family, but. You know, I'm I'm really de- I'm kind of depressed, and I was super overweight. Like mm. I was super overweight, and I was you know really. I was like I was like 230 pounds sitting in an office, and just you know I was just like I don't want to do this. I need to, and I'm I'm a musician. I want to do music. So I talked to my dad, and my dad was like, Yo, if you want to quit, just quit, man. Just go. So I quit, and I started. Um, I started driving to New York City. Mm-hmm. I just so this was like the early 2000s, pre SoundCloud, pre YouTube. Like MySpace was the biggest thing. Mm-hmm. So in order to get noticed back then, you had to be in people's faces. So I I stood outside of the record labels with stacks of CDs and just handed out CDs to everybody who came by. You in the music industry? Here's you my hustle. CD. You got a hustle. You in the yeah. music? That's that was my hustle. 
the crazy thing is that I'm I'm not black, white, or Latino. I'm Filipino, mm. Asian <laughs> to to everybody else who doesn't know what a Filipino is, and I'm from Canada. So there's no Drake at this time. Nobody knows about the six. <laughs> You it know. was Celine Dion. It was Brian Adams. Those are the two people that were big. Hey, Celine Dion. Yeah, and nobody even knew they were Canadian. You know, they mm. don't care that they're Canadian. Mm. So I was a bit like, you know, I was a bit of an anomaly. Mm. And I, I, you know, I could sing, right? Like I'm a, I'm a singer first. Before anything else, I, especially back then, I was a singer. So people were having a problem, executives specifically, music industry people, were having a real problem looking at me as an artist and then like equating it to my voice. Like I used to, I had high level meetings with presidents of the company. So in this hustle, mm -hmm. I was able to, you know, I had a friend with me, my friend Kari was with me, you know, every step of the way back then. We would go to these meetings, and he was black, I was Filipino. We would go to these meetings and play these songs, and these executives would listen to my voice and praise me. And then the minute that they found out it was me that was singing those songs, uh -huh. the energy would change. They'd be like, so there was, dude, that's that dude singing. Yeah, like, oh, the Asian guy? Like, I, I got that so many times. Like, oh, the Asian guy singing that? The Chinese dude or whatever? So, you know, that was a that was a huge obstacle to overcome to, like, to prove I belonged in that room or to prove that, you know, that it wasn't about... Or it wasn't... A, for me, for me, being Filipino is not my cause. Like, being uh, Asian, Phil-Am... Canadian, whatever it is, it's not my cause. This, mm -hmm. It's my heritage. It's what I grew up with. And it's never been like, I've never been like, Lo, let's, I'm making it because I'm Asian. I was mm -hmm. always like, I'm making it because I got skills. I'm good at it's what I music. do. Mm -hmm. and I'm, I'm going to make it, you know, yeah. race, re regardless of my race, you know. So that was the biggest, that was the big battle back then. So anyways, fast forward a little bit. They're like, you know, we don't know what to do with you in a, as an artist, but we like your songs. You know you could be a songwriter and a producer for these artists. And I'm like, oh, whatever. I'm, I'm trying to get in. Let me get in. Let me get in. How, however I can get in. And that's what started me down the road to, you know, songwriting. And then, and it's, it wasn't a short, it wasn't a short grind because maybe that was 2004, 2005. Mm -hmm. Um I lived it. I moved to Atlanta first. So I went to New York. I moved to Atlanta. In Atlanta, I met a guy who, who took my CD randomly. Mm -hmm. And I ran out of money in Atlanta, drove back to New York, called my parents to book me a flight back home because I was dead broke again. Mm -hmm. And um, oh six, six months back in Toronto... I got a call from this guy from Australia and he goes, you want to come to Australia and do some work? So I'll book into Australia. Mm -hmm. I'll cut the Australia short. I, I meet a girl in Australia, Australia, move in with her, live there for two years. Mm -hmm. And <laughs> just, that was my life for a little bit. I was working in the Australian industry doing whatever. Came back, still nurturing these same relationships that I made in New York from standing outside of the record labels. Mm -hmm. And finally, in 2009, I, 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 call, I called one of the guys that I did a meeting with, 
and he was like and I was like yo I have a single it's doing really good it's playing on Canadian radio I want a manager and he was like I can't manage you from there you got to move here mm-hmm. cool so I moved to New Jersey and um so I'm sitting I'm living in New Jersey and at this time now I'm working under the Trackmaster so if no if you guys hey, are out there you don't yeah, know who the Trackmasters track are masters. um you know Trackmasters did everything from Biggie Smalls Biggie to Chan. Uh, Will Smith, um, Mary J, mm-hmm. uh, Mariah Carey. You know they were wow, the ne- they were the big names. yeah. So they were the Neptunes of the early 2000s. Mm-hmm. Like you know they had a run. So I was working there and I was like the shorty. You know I was the I was the guy that recorded vocals, cleaned the garbage, cleaned the floors, cleaned the pool. Um, but I had an opportunity to show my shit. So, mm. sorry, I'm allowed to curse. My bad. Oh, no. <laughs> it's okay, it's okay. Um, okay. I had an opportunity to show my show my skills, my abilities. <laughs> so, I just did everything I could. I they gave me a bedroom in this in this big uh, 11,000 square foot mansion that they had in Jersey. Mm. And um, they gave me a small bedroom. I I bought a keyboard and two speakers and I set up a recording studio and for a year and a half I wrote at least one song a day. Whoa! I didn't okay. one song a day for wow. a year and a half, just banging them out every day, every day. Because when I got there, there was other producers and other writers living mm-hmm. in the house, and it was a very humbling experience because they were all way better than me. You know, I had a, I had, um, you know, had a skill set. I could, I could write, I could record myself, but I wasn't, I wasn't writing the quality of song that they were, that they were, they were outputting. So it really forced me to kind of push myself. So every day after I was done recording whoever or cleaning the floor, or taking out the garbage or whatever I had to do that day to, to do whatever, I would go to my room and write a song. And I did that for a year and a half. Um, I did that for a year and a half, almost two years until... I went broke again. It went broke. Huh. For those that are listening, over <laughs> I was already I was already broke, so I wasn't too far off. But at this point, it was like a year and a half. It was a year and a half. I hadn't made any money there. Uh-huh. Um, I was still doing the same thing. They weren't paying a lot of attention to me. So I said, "Look, I gotta go home and do my thing." And because I was really what was what I was doing was I was sitting there waiting for people to notice me. Even though, even though I'm, even though I'm in the game, I'm not really in the game. I'm on the bench, mm-hmm. you know. So I'm sitting, th- I'm sitting there in practice, waiting for them to notice how good I am in practice. But you're part and of the team. You're part of the team. That's what matters, right? Yeah. yeah. So, but it wasn't happening. And you know, I've, you know, I have a family back home. You know, I have my parents, and I missed everybody. So I moved back home to Canada. Um, I meet this producer named Boy Wonder. Um, if nobody knows who, if, I'm sure you know who it is, but if he doesn't, Boy Wanda is probably this generation's super producer. He mm-hmm. does, you know, he does Drake, he's Drake's main guy, mm-hmm. um, Eminem, uh, Chris Brown, everybody you can name, Boy Wanda's done it. Um, and this is before he even blew up. I meet him at a part, at, a, at an award show, mm-hmm. and he asks me to write a song. He comes over here, the same studio. I write a song with him. He goes to New York one the next day, and as luck as luck will have it, he has one song, and it's mine. Mm-hmm. And he play and he plays that song, and the guy who he plays it for knows the guy I was living with 
in Jersey and calls him and says, hey, do you manage this kid named August? And he said, yeah, but he went back home. He said, you should, you should call him and have him come back. Mm-hmm. Um, he's really good. And what was so that song? T- what was that song? It never even came out. It was a song called New Money. Uh-huh. Never even came so there was might it, be a leak. It was a there club banger. It was a club banger. That was it. It was like no, it was a straight up R&B love song. Uh, for those that are tuning oh in God. right now, we are talking to of course producer August Rigo. He's uh, calling us from Toronto, Canada. You know, you're live here at the Monster. We're watching you on Facebook. And um, the thing there is, what landed you to the Bieber job? You know, that's something so, major, man. So here's the so like good good timing because so I, I get the call. I come back to New York. Says, "Yo, everybody's saying you're hot. We need you to. We need you to run around and start writing, start writing with other producers and get you going." So I'm, I'm, I'm going around New York. I'm flying to LA. Uh, I'm in Atlanta. I'm in Miami. And this is at a time. This is just as a side note. I hate to use this as a common thread. I'm broke right now. Uh-huh. Right? I don't have any money. That's right. So. I'm bouncing balances off my credit cards to get to these places and stay in hotels and rent cars and to, you know, play the part because a lot of the industry is looking the part, you know, faking it till you make it. Anyways, one day I get called to write this song for Music Soul Child um, with the producer, this producer called, uh, his name is Jerry Wanda. And... So I write, I write two songs that day. The first song being a song called Chasing Stars, which never came out, but it was a great song still, I think. Um, I come down to the studio. He says, here's this instrumental. And I said, wow, this is amazing. This sounds like some old school Beatles, um, Beatles music. Mm-hmm. I was, and I sat there and I thought for a second, and this is verbatim, this is exactly how this happens. I said, it sounds like it could be like, I smile, you smile, something simple like that. Mm-hmm. And I went into the booth, everybody's eyes lit up and I went into the booth. And remember, I wrote this song for Music Soul Child, mm-hmm. not just Oh my Beatles. gosh. So I come out the booth, I hand them my USB stick because I, I record all my own stuff. So I'm, I'm in the booth with my computer, I write, I record it, bam, here's the song on the USB stick, they play it on the computer. Everybody loses their mind over this song. And I'm not sure if it was my manager or somebody in the room says, I don't think this is good for music soul child, but I think we should take it somewhere else. And that leads me to L.A. Reed. Um, at the time, Georgia. LA, L.A. Reed's at Def Jam. So I go to, I go to, um, and this is a crazy story because L.A. Reed is, uh, at this point now, I, I've been writing with every producer. I've been in, every record label mm. in the business and la reed obviously one of the top top um executives of all time he listens to you smile and says i need this song for justin bieber this is great so he's like put that aside for me then he looks at me he looks over his desk and he goes where's your album and i was like what do you mean where's my album wow um I, he said, judging by the way you sing and the way you look, you have an album, so let me be the first to hear it. So I play him a song. He stops the song in the middle of the first verse, and he goes, uh, one second. And he calls his whole staff into his office, and he goes, you know what Madison Square Garden is? I said, yeah. And he goes, um, this is your Madison Square Garden. He was like, show me what you got. 
So I ended up showcasing. So I ended up getting that song for for Bieber, and then I showcased for um, LA, mm. which was cool. After my showcase, the girls love you. Everybody loves you. I need you to go to LA and write some more songs for Bieber.、Mm-hmm. And that's how the I got the rest. I went to Miami and、uh, worked with the Runners, and I did、um, Kiss and Tell with the Runners. And then I went to LA and I worked with the Stereotypes, and I did Stuck in a Moment with them. And then those two songs subsequently. With Yusma ended up being on My World 2.0. You know,、so、August, August. Uh, you know, hearing the the story of you writing that big track because we know it became a single. Can we hear your version? Maybe even <laughs> just the chorus. Can you sing、uh, a few just for us to hear the rough demo cut of it? Uh, yeah, sure. Why not? Here,、okay, let's see if I. I'm sure I have it here. <laughs> No, he wants you to sing it live. He's like,、Whoa. oh, let's see. You smile. Damn, I, it's been so long. It might not even be on this computer. I might. You know what? Hold on. We're hanging out with August Rigo. For those that are listening, you know, all the way from Toronto, Canada, master producer. You know, this week, August, we've been talking to a lot of producer writers here in the、yeah. Philippines. So for the past two weeks. You know, like yesterday, we had a couple of singers as well who wrote their own songs and produced from their bedrooms. So this is really, really inspirational. So you smile. He's looking at the session. Let's see if he still got it. If not, he has to sing it live. You know, you know what I love, and people, people always say, you know, oh, Filipino pride, Filipino this, Filipino that. If they're star athletes or actors and actresses abroad, it's like, oh, Filipino. But little do people know that Filipinos are literally like killing it in all industries. Like August, people are freaking out in the comments because they're like, they cannot believe a Filipino was in like in charge of making that whole track for Bieber and like. What it's like working with Bieber. I mean, these are these are success stories that people can really draw inspiration from. Because based off of what you were talking about earlier, your journey was not an easy one. You literally stood like on a street handing out CDs to, to yeah, music it, people. You know, like that. That like, grind doesn't. Hoping that yeah, one day somebody would be like, "Okay, bro." Yeah, it's that's、uh, incredible. It's, that's it, incredible. It was a. It was definitely a long journey to get. To get here, it's still you know there's still so much to do, and there's still so many other obstacles and barriers to break down. But、um, yeah, that's that's really like for everybody has a story. Like, every,、um, but that's what it takes, man. That's what it really takes to 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 be. I mean, relatively successful and to have longevity. I mean, that was 15 you know 15 years ago now.、Um, And again, I'm not rich. I'm, you know, I'm still in the grind. I'm still working, but, you know, at the very, very least, I'm super grateful that I can do music for a living and say that this is what I do to, you know, support my family. But yeah, it's a grind. It's a long. It's a grind. It's a grind. I, I have the demo if you want to hear. Oh, here we go. <gasps> yes.、Um, uh, let's see.、Uh, tell me if it's, if you, we might get an echo, but here. Can you hear that? Yeah, we can hear it. Yeah, yeah. 
Since he came out, like little kid, I was always a fan. And that song was like, oh my gosh, you go, Bieber. But dang, August, like that takes <laughs> your version, takes the song to like Different an adult level, level yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> like, um, a, like a, oh, it's so good. You were. It, it had touches of the Jackson 5 meets How the Beatles. Are you I, um, I, it's, it's one of those songs that I go back to and. You know, it was this was pre-streaming, so it was. I think if a song like this came out now, it would have been much bigger. But this was a young 15-year-old Justin Bieber singing, you know, this song, this worldly song, and um, you know, I think it was more palatable for the world to hear "Baby" from him, mm-hmm. right? This was "Baby" was on the same album, but mm-hmm. um, you know, the 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 thing about this song that I love is that it's it's classic you know it it's timeless and god willing it will transcend you know the the genres and and time the way a classic song does mm-hmm. i still get licenses for this song um even till this day like even last week i got a license for ellen so ellen is going to be running this song mm-hmm. um i guess in her promos and uh I don't know whatever it was but yeah i mean i love this song this is so this is one of those songs that i whenever i write something from from my gut from mm-hmm. from you know from my internal artist perspective um i i get the most success i don't have a lot of success when i'm like oh i'm gonna write for rihanna and mm-hmm. write a song with re i write my best songs when i write for myself because mm-hmm that's my inspiration for you know doing music is to be an artist so mm-hmm. when i write something like this um or even like chris brown's back to sleep these are the songs that i would you know you know happily take with me on my artist um journey but you know as it stands giving a song like you smile to justin bieber was probably the best you know move for my career How did it did feel? You, wait, did you say did you say Back to Sleep of Chris Brown? That's you also? Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, Carlos' favorite song. No, 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 wait. Okay, okay. You, you want to hear the demo? Right now, to, to everybody watching right now, I need to say this. To everybody watching right now, listening on air, this is the guy of music. Like, look at how humble and chilly is. Like, yeah, you know, I'm just in my basement doing what I love. He has worked. Mm. With Justin Bieber and Chris Brown, back to sleep. One of the most inappropriate songs <laughs> by young people in in this generation. Okay, I remember when I was singing that song, and I was like, "Oh, this is so inappropriate, but it works, and I'm gonna sing it proud." August, what can you I? Hear, do you want to hear the demo? Let's hear the demo. Yes. Let's hear the demo. 
August Rigo on the show. So check it out. So for this, the crazy thing about this song is that um, all the backgrounds on the Chris Brown version are is is still me. So even if, yeah, so even in the beginning, you'll hear it. It goes now. Let me rock you back, and then the beat comes in. So that's me. Um, Boy Wonder vinyls and Seven Thomas produced this one, mm-hmm. and here's the demo. Here's the demo. for that track this is the Filipino who worked with Chris Brown Justin Bieber and oh don't you wave like parang hi <laughs> you are you August oh, how, how was the I'm feeling fangirling right now you know when oh. the track came out it hits radio how was that yeah. feeling that that feeling that you had this is a song that you've written you've gone broke a few times you traveled from this every is- state <laughs> Yo, it's just, it's funny. So I have many there. I have lived many, many state, um, like just different lives. And this song is a, is like a, is a monumental point in my life again. So I am, so I moved to LA in 2012 because the New York, in, I was living in New York at the time. The New York industry slows down. Because all the studios are, all the studios kind of close. Mm. So I'm like, all right, what do I, I need to move to LA because that's where everybody is. So what do I do? Being the idiot that I am, I mm. move to LA <laughs> and I, I, I rent the biggest house on the hill. Mm. Um, I, I, there's a recording studio built in um, and I have these grand plans and I, I basically have a cart without a horse and I just... I don't know what to do, and you know, I, I I had some you know I had some trouble. I was having I was in a weird place with my management at the time, which was you know which ended up being a very bad place. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know we'll save the horror stories. But again, I went broke uh, after three years of living in LA, and I moved back home. So the same place right here so i'm back here in toronto i'm dead broke again again this is, this this is, is after a, you smile this is, this is after bieber this is after one direction this is after sean kingston this is after 
me having a run of you know just like you know just the my my initial run i am back home in the basement broke again mm. go, oh my gosh go figure um but i have you know but i'm working i'm still writing i'm still making music and um boy wanda sends me this beat and the first song that i write mm. um is the song called back to sleep and here's the kicker though this song is written in 2015 early 2015 and i'm cold right i'm cold and when i say cold i mean nobody wants to listen to an august rigo song like mm. oh he does he does kitty justin bieber music he he's he's done he doesn't doesn't write he doesn't write this he doesn't write that i don't know what's being said about me but all mm. i know is that i have I haven't gotten a placement in a year hmm. or so and um yeah bro um so I write this song and I send it to everybody in the music industry and I get radio silence hmm. radio mm-hmm. silence nobody hits me back nobody wants to touch it nobody wants it no, nobody even opened the email I think hmm. so um anyways I'm like all right cool I start going to Korea. I start doing K-pop. So this mm-hmm. is 2000 and um yeah, 2015 I guess that's the, so is that yeah, so 2015 I was go I started going to Korea in 2013. Mm-hmm. But I ended up going 2000 uh every year. So 2015 I go to Korea. I'm playing this, you know, I'm playing these songs for people and everybody's like, "Oh, this song is dope. This is dope." Um Again, nothing comes of this song. I get home, year and a half goes by. I'm driving in my car and my my wife now, but my girlfriend at the time, Jeanette, mm-hmm. she goes, "Damn, this song is a smash, babe." And I was like, "I know, I love this song. What do I do with it?" She goes, "You should send this shit to Chris Brown." Mm-hmm. And I was like, "Oh my god." I was like, "Man, I mean, I sent it to them a bunch of times and nobody wants to hear it." And she goes, You should just send it again. Mm. And I was like, "All right, send it again." So I I send it. I'm in the car, off my phone. I send it to uh, Mark Pitts, mm. and man, timing is amazing because I send it to Mark Pitts. Mark Pitts, I guess he was just in his car, aux plugged in already. He plays the song. I get a text back 40 seconds later. Yo, I'm on my way to the studio to see Chris. I'm gonna get him to cut this. This is a single. This is a smash. Let's go. And then two weeks later, that record is out. And two or three weeks later, that record is out. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, like I mean, that's that, that's how that happened. You that's know, when that when happened. when that song dropped here in the Philippines, we played it here on the Monster, giving it an exclusive, and it made oh. I think top five up to I think number one wow. for a bit. Yeah, here in the Monster charts. So that's, that's what amazing. it's all about, man. And it gave us yeah. that feeling of sexual healing by Marvin Gaye. It was that <laughs> yeah. kind you know, of vibe. Funny. I didn't. I had. Yeah. I didn't even think of that when mm. I wrote it. And then the minute I, the first time I played it for somebody, they were like, "Yo, I feel like sexual healing," and mm. I just was like. Oh yeah, it does. <laughs> you know oh, what man. I have to commend you for and it's something that people need to understand. Like you your talent, August. I honestly feel is so incredible because you can create all of these songs 
for artists that yeah they're all in the same let's say genre or whatever but they're also so different and somehow the song fits them perfectly when you're making these tracks whether they're for you or for other artists do you keep that in mind or do you just go with the flow with whatever inspiration that you have like how does that work um you know i kind of i'm more the latter i just kind of go with the flow of what i'm what i'm feeling with that being said though i always i try to i try to um encapsulate something classic about the music that i create um you know i'm i'm very aware of you know the sonics and the and the generation and the type of music music that's out i'm always i always make sure i familiarize myself with the language that's being spoken um in the in 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 music like you know because it changes so much but the but the common thread is that a classic song you know if you write a great classic song um that can that will transcend any artist you know um any you know if you write a great song that's you say he or she you know a female can sing it a male can sing it a kid can sing it an older gentleman or an older woman can sing it if as long as it's classic you know classics never die so you know my quest all the time when i'm writing songs mm-hmm. to my de- detriment sometimes is to you know to try to make it as classic as possible it's something that um, probably your grandma or somebody could listen to it speaking, at the same time. Yeah, right? and and speaking of speaking of language and going with the flow, August, a lot of the army are tuned in right now. They're they're commenting on Facebook Live. For those that don't know, you've actually worked with BTS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, are we last- are we on the same? Are we talking, Rico? Do you understand who we're talking to? We're getting charged like, yeah, now for talking to August because, per minute. Yeah. <laughs> you guys, look how, look how right. red I'm getting. I'm all embarrassed. And I blessed. mean, you know. August, you deserve every good thing. You're, you're talented. That's coming okay, your way. let's get to BTS because we have a couple of yeah. questions from, from the fans have, and from listeners. I have a question for you guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am, I allowed to, am I allowed to have a cigarette on air? Yeah, I guess you're in a different country, so you have uh, you have different laws there. <laughs> Are we stressing you out that There's, much? No, no, no. It's just it's just a bad habit, and yeah, yeah. Um, it yeah August, you know, it, it makes me feel it makes me feel like nat- it makes me feel natural. Uh-huh. I guess. Okay. Uh, so you know, so Carla, we're, we're, we're seeing this side. We're seeing this, is, this side of a producer. This is my, uh, this is my natural environment, mm-hmm. and it's a uh, yeah. So. So producers okay, don't really so, do the interviews. So you know, it's usually the yeah, artists, right? Yeah, that's why. So. But he deserves he deserves yeah. this podium right now because people need to know just how talented he is. Okay, so August, let's get yeah. to working with BTS. I mean, you right. mentioned earlier, you know, Chris Brown, the Beebs, Sean Kingston, One Direction. I am going to not ask because that's just I've, that, I've, I could talk to you for like 10 hours about that but let's get to BTS right now because the mm-hmm. army are freaking out like Jen Lin over here says you mentioned in an interview that working with BTS felt like poetic justice right. what what a, what do you mean about that can you tell people more about yeah. what you meant by that I statement? mean and what what I mean about that is exactly like you know it's it's been a you know a lot of the um, a lot of the struggle in the music industry for me has to not make being Asian or being um, 
Filipino my cause, but at the same time, uh-huh. it's it's always you know the the el- the elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. Like, can the Asian guy hang? And then to be a part of you know the biggest you know the the biggest K-pop um, you know biggest Asian group to ever you know cross over into mainstream and to be a part of that story. Um, you know, they're breaking barriers that nobody ever thought would ever happen. Mm-hmm. And they're not yeah. even, it's not even in English, you know, it's in Korean. It's straight yep. in Korean. And it is, you know, it's breaking records. And, you know, more than the numbers and the monetary value that it's generating, it's it's breaking down walls, you know. It's, mm-hmm. it's, showing, it's showing the world that, um, when the people speak that, you know, we need to listen and they're making great music. Um, I can, you know, I'm a, f- I'm, you know, firsthand I was able to witness, you know, we all, you know, we were, we were in the process of writing the songs, but, you know, it was a very huge, big collaborative effort between me, um, like for, for Black Swan, for between me, my, my, one of my co-writers, Vince, who's also Filipino, shout out to Vince. What's up, Vince? And, um, and Big Hit and BTS, you know, like they, they take things to another level over there and mm-hmm. they, you know, their quality control and their ability to, you know, put that, that polish on those records is amazing. And they, you know, they're just making good music and I'm happy to see that it's, that it's, you know, that it's getting to see the light of day and it's, you know, it's, like I said, breaking down barriers for, for everybody. So now all of a sudden being Asian ain't so bad. Like, mm. you know, <laughs> you know it, it goes to show yeah. they, you know, if you got it right, you can sell some records. Mm. You can definitely sell some records. So that is so true. But you know, August, as a producer, you have worked with so many artists in America you know all around the world but for bts like you said earlier it's not even in english you know it's in korea and what's so beautiful about that is they're not trying to be anybody other than themselves they're going to stick no. to what they know and that's korean as a producer as a songwriter mm-hmm. as an artist yourself when you were working with them did you see that as a barrier or was that more like of a challenge or a chance for you to up your game as well? Because it's not in English, you know, it's in right. Korean, so it's a whole different ballgame. So the biggest challenge when you're doing K-pop records is this, is that, you know, they're very heavily reliant on your melodic, your melodic structures, your mm-hmm. rhythms and your melody to convey your emotion. So I'm a very lyrically based songwriter. I'd like to write my lyrics first more than my melodies. Mm-hmm. So the challenging part is to be able to let those help, you know, write those melodies that can tell the story without having the lyrical content be so solid. Mm-hmm. You know? So a lot of what is happening when I'm writing with them is we're going back and forth with melodies. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have, you know, I have a certain idea of what the lyric is, but then, you know, they have, you know, the translation is not exact. And, so, the, and the change yeah. up of it too, right? Like, like the way K-pop songs go, it's like they're going to go to like three different speeds, sometimes four mm-hmm. in the one sometimes. track. S- sometimes, yeah, it's, mm. it's a, it, it is a different beast, but at the end of the day, um, you know, like if you listen to that BTS album, like it's it's the first K-pop album I listened to back to front. 
Yeah, they made some really good songs on there. I didn't understand a word, but they they made some good songs. I was like, oh, this jams, and you know that those melodies are crazy, and they really they really they really know what they're doing over there. So for those that are tuning in over Monster X ninety three point one, we got August Rico. Rico, he's joining us over in Toronto, Canada. We're gonna claim it right now, August Grammy winner. August oh, Rigo. You are getting I a wish. Grammy. I literally yeah. just texted like our group in the station. I was like, this guy is so talented. He deserves he a Grammy. Coming a from Carla. Man, you a Grammy would be, would be a cherry are, on, the, on, a, on, a, on a huge Sunday. Uh, I would love we a are We are claiming it for you, August. Thank and, you, you know, so while much. While we're in this whole zone of dreaming, you have worked, like we keep saying, with so many incredible artists. Mm. Who are some of your bucket list artists? Like, you're looking at them and you're like, dang, I would love to produce for you. I would love to write a song for you. Um, Who are like your top three that you'd love to work with? Top three. Okay. That, that's, that, that'll be easy. Alive, right? Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, um, unless you can summon them from the dead. Why not? <laughs> Tupac. <laughs> I, have, I have always, always wanted to write a song for Justin Timberlake. Mm-hmm. Um... I've, I find I find that he is like vocally for me anyways vocally he really inspired me to embrace my voice back at a time when um, you know the high voice guy wasn't wasn't popping and mm. Justin Justin's voice um, I, I could really relate to it because we have the same timbre timbre and I and I just think I could write a fucking amazing song for him mm. pardon my friends but i really think i could write something good for justin timberlake so i really want to work with justin timberlake um i really really want to write beyonce um like a, a power ballad like that's the like if i could get anybody to sing my song sing a song i wrote beyonce would be the one i think her voice is just flawless can you imagine the demo how it's gonna sound if it's you and it's a beyonce track Man, I just, I, she's just perfect, man. Her voice, her, the way, like, nobody takes a song from, you know, like Beyonce. Beyonce really makes, makes it her own, you know, and it's, and she's got that voice, man. She, she's just like, you know, she's like the, I don't know if it's the Whitney, Houston, but the way, the way I would have loved to write a song for old school Whitney Houston, you know, like, um, Beyonce's voice just kind of trans, just hits my soul. And then yeah. last on that list, um, but not, but probably first. I, you know, and I love the guy to death. Um, we've we, we've met and we know each other. I, I probably know him more than he knows me, obviously. But I really want to write a song for Bruno, or write a song with Bruno, mm. or write one line for Bruno. Oh, uh, I, no, I, I've, so my, I, I've been, um, I've been bugging my friends, like mm-hmm. my friends, the stereotypes, they work with Bruno all the time. Um, shout out to the types. I've been bugging them for a long time, but I mean, Bruno is Bruno. He, he doesn't need my help. He, he's phenomenal on his own. So, uh, you know, it's a bit, it, that, that's a hard, uh, nut to crack, but I'll, you know, in a perfect world, I'd really love to write a song for Bruno Mars. In the words oh, of Justin really Bieber, never Bruno say Mars. never, August. Never, never say never. never. Yeah. That would be dope never if Bruno and, and you would record a Filipino track just to oh, release man. it. You know, a Tagalog yeah, song. Know, August, Rico, you're right. You're onto something because somebody actually commented on Facebook Live. Mm. 
would you ever or do you have any plans august of working with filipino artists so here I've in the been, philippines like the i have been i have been working with i have this so my this year this was a year that i was um dedicating to uh, you know work, going to the philippines and working with filipino talent i've i've been it, it dawned on me in japan i was i was in japan and i was in korea and then i was in china and i was like wow i'm doing all these records in all these other countries and i've never really broken into the philippines or done anything there mm -hmm. so this was the year i was supposed to do a tv show in the philippines mm -hmm. there um I was supposed to, you know, I was gonna, I was gonna do a, um, an, an another, another arm of my summer child label in the Philippines that was strictly dedicated to developing um, Filipino acts mm. and kind of, I what I what I want to do is kind of is take, you know, take the ideology from the K-pop world and mm. build something from the ground up of, you know, that that's you know solely Filipino talent because I believe that. Um, we have the talent in the Philippines. We we may not yes. have the infrastructure right now there. I'm not, I, I'm not a pro in that area, but um, I want to bring some of that organization from the from the K-pop labels and the Japanese labels that I've learned and develop, you know, develop an act or two, and you know, just just be a part and see if I can. You know, work within the Filipino industry. Mm. Who are the Who are the artists and the talents that you've spotted here? You know, man, you see, but you see, you see, you see, like, well, look, look at all the Filipinos that you see that are on the idol shows. They're mm. they're all amazing, right? Um, yeah. But in, in the Philippines, there, you know, I was always a big Jr. fan back in the day. Mm. Oh um, King of R and B, that's the song. Yeah. Man. Um, I have a lot of friends out there. Um, I have I have an old friend of mine that I worked uh, that I have been working with from like 2007. His name is Young JV. Hey. Um, and then you know I, I'm now working with this girl called Alex Bruce, mm -hmm. who's 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 12, 13 now I think, and who's just you know a 13 year old and a grown woman's a 13 year old and with a grown woman personality, and she's you know she's amazing. So. Those are the those are the first like that you know she's the first one I'm kind of delving into over there right now. So for those who are listening so on air over at RX931 on the radio, we're talking to August Rigo. We're gonna hear some of his tracks on the radio right now. Here's a track. This one's called No Cap. What's the story behind this one, August? It, no Cap. It's like a it's, you know it's urban slang for like no lie. So this is the song. I you know dedicated to anybody who's in a relationship and they're not sure if like you ever seen that movie that she's just not that into you or he's not he's just not that into oh you. my god yes <laughs> um, so this, that's the basic premise of this song it's like you know, if you listen to the lyrics of this song then you'll be like oh if this is you if you're in the situation he he's not with you and then it goes on to say like you know if 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 he was into you he'd be calling you he'd be there with you right now you know and, you know it goes like that all right, here we go. This is live on the monster, ladies and gentlemen. August Rigo. Here's a track, no cap. We all want something to believe in, more than a clever written fairy tale. Reaching for vibes and catching feelings, 
So many times I've tried and failed But I keep getting caught up All these girls just fought up Men don't have a chance when they trying to be romantic These women's chat like they're looking for good guys But they just always falling for the good life So I'll be honest If he's the one then he be calling you early Baby sexy you flirty he be honest If he's the one and you ain't been with him lately He be missing you crazy, I'll be honest He wouldn't affect you like he does He would come and you wouldn't have to wonder I'll be honest If it ain't like that then it ain't really what you wanted I don't mean to take shots but it's been a long night So I took a couple shots and I'm feeling kind of spiteful Talk got me hot so I'm feeling insightful Want what you got and you better not to fight for so Here we go, yeah If he really wanted to be around, he'd be around, you seen And if he honest, you never had to ask him about where he'd been, yeah And if he wanted to hold you down, girl, you wouldn't be so high right now Walking around mascara, running down your eyes right now, you drunk Calling me up for some company You wanna change it up suddenly These are the times that you run to me These are the times Drew Hill shit In my bed, bumping in the back like I'm about to kill shit In my bed, lay on your back, knock it out the building Take what I can get, cause girl, I know exactly how you feel I know how you feel, so I'll be honest Tell you true, if he's the one, then he be calling you early Baby, texting you flirty, he be on If he's the one, and you ain't been with him He's got nothing but talent. Hey. Okay? He would literally sing into like a tin can. That's and it what would it be is. August, thank August you Riga. so much for hanging out with us because truly this has been one of the most enlightening and inspiring oh, thank you guys. interviews never, we've had. I've never done an interview like this. Especially, I've never done an interview in the Philippines. So this is, this is oh. cool. This is the first. Hey, I've done a couple of like radio ones, I guess. But yeah. this is the... This is a big one for me. I'm really, I'm really excited about this one. Thank you, guys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. We're so excited for you. I mean, people are going crazy in the comments. Like Janelle said, you should work with H-E-R. Like, let's just get oh, the her, Filipino yeah. pride. You know yeah, her. her. You should work I was, with her. I was the, I was, I was actually the first person that they called for her um, <gasps> back in. I worked with her in 2013. Oh my gosh! Yeah, a long time ago when she was just Gabby Wilson. Mm -hmm. uh, so I'm, I'm, I'm in the, and my wife actually has has written with her a few times. They're really good friends. Um, I haven't had the pleasure of actually doing something with uh, with her after she did the new her it, um, iteration. But I mean, you know, she's one of the greats, man. Hers, <laughs> Gabby is amazing. Like, there's not a lot of there's not a lot of artists out there that can outdo what Gabby Wilson does for sure. 
August, can you discuss this? You did mention you were supposed to do a TV show here. What TV show is that? Uh, it was called Ready for the World. Oh, okay. Okay. Um, yeah, so um, I was supposed to go there. I was supposed to be in charge of basically, um, I guess I was the international producer that was going to come in and um, take the songs and kind of give them, you know, whatever my flavor mm -hmm. and you know work with the artists and help you know just help i guess do whatever i can to make the songs better mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. i hope that it still happens because i'm really excited i would be really you know i'll be really excited to do it if they can be if this whole thing dies down and we can get that started next year it would, it would have been a great opportunity for me to hit you know the homeland and and really just you know get some notoriety out there but also familiarize myself with some more of the talent and you know just make some music make some real good music out there this is this is and why i wish i had talent and when you I when you <laughs> and i'd be like hi i want to work with no one else but august oh, rego but august. i wish everybody felt i wish everybody felt like that, that you know be, they they will and your work speaks for itself august and for not i'm so excited up. I mean, I'm so excited for your songs. I think we can all agree your songs are going to kill you. it. Like, you make great songs for other artists, but I know your songs are going to be awesome. Rico, you were saying? August, you know, you we've, we've been learning your life story all throughout this interview. And it shows mm -hmm. that you've stumbled a few times. You've reached some pinnacles of it, and then you would stumble a few times. What kept you going? What will be your message out there for those that are tuning in that is trying to chase that dream? We'll have Man. some glimpse of it, and then we'll have some, well, you know, not so great moments. What's your message? Just keep on going. I mean, I don't, it's a weird thing. I don't, I don't know what exactly it is to, uh, that, that kept me going, but, um, to, to be like a little bit cheesy, uh, forgive me, but I just, I love, I love music. I, it's, it's like, um, it's more than it's more than just like my job it's more than just my passion it's it's kind of integrated with my within in my dna so failure was not really an option mm -hmm. you know like mm. even you know and i'm not gonna lie like there's been many times where i've this where i've thought to myself man you know what I, I just, i'm just gonna get a job and you know just kick it back and then it it sets in and it's like no that's just not me and man sometimes you just you get lucky you know that people spend their whole lives you know not knowing what they're you know they're meant to do or mm. not finding their passion and you know i was four years old singing karaoke and knew that I think I'm gonna do music for the rest of my life, and it's it's never been different. You know, I've never, I've never changed that um, that narrative hasn't has never changed for me. It's always been how am I going to break through and you know make a living doing music, and I'm I'm still here, I'm still going. So yeah, just that's that's what it is, man. August, that's, you know what, what we're doing is. now after the show? We're going to go to the mall and buy a karaoke set. <laughs> to get Magic Mike, man. Yeah, Magic Mike. All the way. We're going to get Magic that. Magic Mike all the way. But, but thank you, August. August. Thank you so, thank so you much. Thank you for sharing us. Thank uh, you, guys. 
sharing us your anytime. house and everything. Thank you, thank you. Any, now, anytime you guys want to do this again, just let me know. I'm I'm right here. Hey, Definitely. all right. So tell us about the Alex Bruce track. We're about to play that song now to close out this Man. interview. Tell us about it. I can't wait to do more with Alex. She's uh, like I said. She she's got this um, she's got this pizzazz and this personality that. Um, I actually went to Hong Kong to meet um, to meet Rosalind, the head of Sony over there, and she she introduced me to the idea of working with her. And I checked out the videos and I listened. And I was like, I didn't look at the videos first. I listened to the music first, and because I I just had the song in my pocket on the whatever it was on YouTube, and I was like, who is this? Mm-hmm. And I looked and I see this twelve year old girl just going ham on the track, and yeah, she just has like. She has that energy and that raw power. You can see, you can see it. You can really see it, you know, coming through. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, I'm excited to just be a part of that development. So this "Go Crazy" is a song I did with um, same guy I did "Black Swan" with, Vince Nantes, mm-hmm. who's actually in Manila right now. Shout What's out up, to Vince. Vince. What's up, Vince? Um, and yeah, I didn't want to. I liked what. Um, Alex's subject matter was I like that she was very human about her lyrics and you know she talks about her grind and the struggles and you know I wanted to give her something positive but I also wanted to have that kind of you know Travis Scott dark urban type hip hop um, overlay on on top of what she already does so that's with this track, uh, Go Crazy, that's kind of what we were envisioning for her. And she did an amazing job. Um, her and her dad did the Filipino lyrics part on it, and I think it's incredible. So, yeah, this is her. And this is her first time really singing, and that was the main thing I wanted from her. I was like, you know, if she can drop some 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 melody on on what she's doing right now she's going to be an an incredible force in the industry so there she goes the amazing part that you've done with this song is that you know the fire that she had that sounds like it's for a mixtape you leveled Mm. it up to an album level that you have her singing melodies man yeah that's the i think the biggest thing about that is just figuring out a structure for for the music, um, I on on a on a like a technical aspect of things. I read a lot of book. I started reading a lot of books about the the mechanics and the psychological influences uh, that are that come into play when you're writing songs. Mm-hmm. And people, when you're listening to music, especially like mainstream listeners and pop, especially for pop, you want you want that structure so you know something's coming. That anticipation is what it what it's what builds those. Um, it's like the dopamine that kind of builds up inside yeah, yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Oh, the happy, the it happy. Gives you that ex- it gives you that excitement because you know what's happening next. Uh-huh. It's like you ever heard a song that you're like, "Wow, it, this feels like I know it already." Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. Right, and it's, it's like- familiar to you, and you and, and you inherently already like it. Those are the type of things, and you know, I try to bring into the songwriting, and then. Yeah, like, like, and I'm really gl- glad that you were able to pick up on that. Um, that's what we try to do, man. Like, you try to, you're trying to just polish everything up and, you know, present it in a way that people can see. Wow, what a big star this Alex Bruce can be. Mm. You know, so that, you know, she did an amazing job, like I said, and I'm happy to be a part of it. We're about to drop that track here on the monster right now, but you know, um, August. 
You know you got a lot of family that are Filipino, that are here in the Philippines. Yes. This is your chance to shout them out. Go ahead, my man. Oh, man. Let's just shout out Bangka Bangka, Nakalang uh, Laguna. That's, that's where my mom's family's from. Um, all my family in Bicol, that's where my dad's from. Um, and, yeah, like, shout out to all the homies, man. The, the, the all, um, Philippine All-Stars. Those who got uh, the dance squad, JV. Um, my boy Lenny Len, my brother, is out there right now. He's um, he's quarantined on the island somewhere, but you know, shout out to them and shout out to you guys, man. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, man, we hope to oh, have you Alex, here. Shout out to Alex Bruce. Hey. <laughs> Well, you know, hope to have you here in the studio when you're in the country working on yes! uh, that TV show. And we hope Let's to see it. you, you know, with them keys here live inside the Monster okay. Studio. That's a man. deal. That's a All deal. Right. Well, thank you. Thank you, August thank Rico, you ladies and gentlemen. Just like a good Beacon Express is full of flavor just like his music. That's yes, sir. About. So we're about Let's to give you guys some outro music. Outro music. <laughs> here we go. Hold on. <laughs> that's uh that's some good Simpsons ending there. Huh? Matt groaning right Thanks. there at the end. Thank right? you. Thank you, Thank August. You. Like seriously, this Thank was so Thank fun. You. Take care. Really Be good. safe. You guys stay too. healthy. Right, let's uh let's let's uh let's get together soon, guys. Yeah, my man. Not there you go. Me. In behalf of the monster, there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, straight from Toronto, Canada, August Rigo. Thanks so much. Yeah. <laughs> Let's hear that track from Alex Bruce and August. Here's Go Crazy. That's live on the Monster.
Pwede ka namang maging ibang magtoro Kung magtangin na yun ay may magtagumpar sa pagsikat ng araw Kung naniniwala kang walang imposible, pwede ka mang ibaba Pero paano ba natin gagawin ang lahat ng malinaw Kung napakadami na nilang bituin na sa ating tuloy ang sumila track Alex Bruce you had her in the studio before a couple years back I think when she first came out this one is go crazy a hot track from her and August Rigo if you haven't heard our interview yet or you're missing out or you probably picked up half of it at rx931 facebook.com slash rx931 the monster rx93.1 podcast channel the best podcast content online only from Manila's hottest monster rx93.1